We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. No Interruptions podcast uh, tackles a subject that, uh, you know, has been in the headlines now for many, many months, Ukraine and what the United States should do with Ukraine. And we're very pleased to welcome two two people who are perfect for this conversation. Again, an uninterrupted view, uh, two views that we should be continuing to support Ukraine financially uh, versus we need to put America first and we need to to not to, to stop the spigot here and stop the the endless limitless funding uh, for Zelensky and the Ukrainian military. Luke Coffey is a senior fellow at the Hudson Institute. His work there um, analyzes national security and foreign policy. He's testified before Congress on NATO, uh, the war in Afghanistan. He's written a number of articles um, about why America needs to continue to help Ukraine help defend themselves from Putin's horrific invasion. Um, and so Luke is, uh, is, is that point of view. The other side is Scott Powell. Scott is a senior fellow at the Discovery Institute. Um, he joins the Discovery Institute after having been a fellow at Stanford's Hoover Institution. Uh, the two companies that Scott founded are Pagoda Products, LLC, and Remington Rand, uh, and He's been called on as an expert witness before the U.S. Senate committees on foreign relations and uh, on intelligence um, and has a a decidedly more America first view when it comes to aiding Ukraine. So so Luke Coffey, Scott Powell, welcome to both of you. The only rule on the Mike Gallagher show, No Interruptions podcast, nobody can interrupt anybody. So we have to be the model of restraint here. It's tough for me. It kills me. I mean, as a big mouth on the radio, it kills me not to jump in. But you you have my word. I won't. We won't interrupt each other and I won't interrupt either of you, and we ask that you don't interrupt each other as well. If you want to refute a point that the other one makes, just address it in your in your next response, you know, so that there's no interrupting whatsoever. So this will be a nice... Uh, I th- a lot of people are enjoying this format. Uh, it's a little painful for me, but I'm glad, I'm glad our audience is pleased, and I think you guys will have a chance to express your points of view without any interruptions. Fair enough? Fair Absolutely. enough. Sounds great. All right, Luke. Let's start with you. Um, I've seen, I've written I've, I've read a lot of your work, uh, and you kind of take that that sort of um, the hawkish approach that uh, Lindsey Graham I think best exemplifies that perhaps in the U.S. Senate that we must support Ukraine. If we don't, uh, it's a threat to our national security. Um, uh, it's it's in our best interests to do so. As I'm sure you're aware, that viewpoint kind of infuriates the American. First 
um, ideology or the that, that America first narrative. So what do you say to people who argue we got bigger fish to fry than helping to fund Zelensky's military in his battle with Ukraine? I, I mean, for example, people say, hey, listen, we don't like what Ukraine is doing, but that's their problem over there to Ukraine. That's their problem, not ours. How do you address that? Well, thanks for having me on. Uh, the modest amount of money that the U.S. is providing to the Ukrainian government, and this isn't going to Zelensky, the, the, the support goes to the Ukrainian government. This helps them in their uh, act of self-defense. Uh, they're not asking for American boots on the ground. They don't want U.S. soldiers there, but they want a fighting chance to defend their homeland, to defend their towns, their cities, their villages, and their homes. And it's in America's interest that we help Ukraine do this. There are very good economic reasons for stability in the transatlantic community. There are very good reasons regarding China, that it's important that we help Ukraine be victorious against Russia. And there are very good reasons in the era of great power competition why it benefits the United States to help Ukraine. And in fact, I would argue that that my position and those who argue for support uh, to Ukraine, that's the America first position. That is putting American interests first and ensuring that we help our partners and our allies around the world against our adversaries. All right, Scott Powell, a couple of things. First of all, um, it was recently revealed that uh, the, the U.S. is planning to send Ukraine another $1.2 billion. That means that the U.S. will have provided Ukraine with nearly $37 billion in military aid since Russia's invasion. Now, I understand in the scheme of things, and certainly with the trillions and trillions of dollars of, of debt that we're under, I, I, guess, I guess $37 billion is a modest amount, to quote to quote our friend Luke here, but sounds like a lot of money to me. $37 billion would go a long way towards border security and a whole bunch of problems that we have here in the United States. Uh, And and the second part, Luke makes the case that it is an America first position to support Ukraine because it's in our national interest to do so. Tackle all of that from your perspective, Scott, as sort of an America first entrepreneur. Well, I will try to... Tackle all of that. First, I'll start out with basic principles. Uh, first and foremost, the basic principle, uh, and this is biblical, is that we should strive to be peacemakers whenever we can. And so far, I don't see the United States taking that role of bringing people to the table uh, to broker any peace. And I think that's a shame because uh, I think the odds of Ukraine prevailing against Russia are very slim, slim at best. And they were slim in the beginning, and they're slimmer now. Um, now, number two, we have a history of wars that the United States has been engaged in that were uh, what, we might, what we might just simply say is wars that were mismanaged, wars we never should have gotten into, uh, and... This would appear to be another war in a series of, uh, of uh, military adventures that didn't turn out too well for the United States, that drained the United States of valuable resources. So we're not going to relitigate all the wars that the United States has been involved in, but uh, this war is particularly troubling in that Ukraine is now really a proxy uh, between the United States and NATO 
and Russia. And that is a fool's wager to engage, you know, to, to push the envelope of war, bringing confrontation with, with Russia would be just, it would be disastrous. Uh, and, uh, you know, our, you know, I want a better world for my children and my grandchildren. And I don't see, uh, I see the odds of that, of a, of a confrontation with Russia greatly diminishing the future, the quality of life in America. It could be disastrous. We live in a nuclear age. When you get engaged in war, you don't know where it's always going to lead. You, it's very hard to de-escalate war. So why do we want to pursue a war in a nuclear age when it's difficult to de-escalate, and that might be the very next step. Why aren't we? Why aren't we pressing for peace? And yes, Ukraine's going to have to give up something. And yes, Russia may not get everything it wants, but we should press for that. All right. So, Luke Coffey, let me ask you something. I'm I'm struck by something Scott said about the biblical principle of peacemaking. Um, you know, when 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 former President Trump was asked, "Do you want Ukraine to win or not?" at the CNN town hall debate, he 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 basically gave that peacemaker answer. He said, "I want I want them to stop killing each other. I want peace." Um, and he would not commit to whether Ukraine could win or Russia could win. Isn't that really Reasonable to to worry that Ukraine is is likely never going to prevail over a a power like Russia, and it's almost futile to try to do so. I mean, it, it did, how did you receive Trump's answer that he wants he essentially wants to try to he would try to broker peace between Russia and Ukraine, not just take sides. Well, it's not possible at this point to broker peace. Neither side in this conflict has shown any desire to go to the negotiating table. Uh, The Ukrainians are fighting a war of national survival. Uh, They've seen what happens uh, to the areas where Russia occupies. Last November, I visited Bucha uh, and saw for myself uh, what happened when Russia occupies parts of Ukraine. And the Russians aren't ready for peace talks either because they feel like that they still have a lot left to, in this war. And uh, so this idea that somehow the U.S. can uh, encourage Ukraine to go to the negotiating table ignores the fact that the Ukrainians have agency here. They have uh, the ability to decide and, and to act. And even if we could get Zelensky to the negotiating table, Putin isn't there. And he won't be there anytime soon. So th- this this talk about... Uh, we need to play the peacemaker, we need to lead negotiations, it doesn't work in the real world, the world in which we face. And we can talk about biblical principles of peacemaking, but there's also biblical principles of self-defense. And let's not forget that it was Russia that invaded Ukraine, not the other way around. Russia is the aggressor, and Ukraine is the victim. And this isn't a U.S. proxy war. By definition, a proxy war is one country purposely using the the forces of another country to attack an adversary. Ukrainians are fighting for their livelihoods. They're fighting for their homes. They're fighting a war of self-defense. Russia invaded Ukraine, not the other way around. So this is why I think as Americans, we should help the Ukrainians in their quest for self-defense. 
uh, we should do so in a way that's responsible and in line with our our national interests. But I think there's a very strong case to be made that this is in our national interest to help Ukraine. Now, but it's but it, and let me follow up though, Luke. And, and we're visiting with Luke Coffey, senior fellow at Hudson, Hudson Institute. Scott Powell is an entrepreneur. He's a senior fellow at Discovery Institute. Um, two really different points of view about what the United States' role should be with Ukraine. I mean, let, let me follow up with you, Luke. What would what do you believe the end game would be? What's the what's the goal here in the billions and billions and billions of dollars that we're sending to Ukraine to help them, as you put it? What do you what would you like to see happen? Is it conceivable, attainable that Ukraine will conquer Russia or or, or, or what do you hope? How, how do you hope this conflict between Russia and Ukraine will end? No, of course, Ukraine is not going to conquer Russia, and no one should be advocating for this. this now, this is, this would be very dangerous. Uh, the Ukrainians uh, are trying to restore their national borders. Uh, for Americans who care about national sovereignty, for Americans who care about securing uh, borders and respecting borders, then one can only see Ukraine's fight for its survival as a noble one. The goal for Ukraine, as outlined by the Ukrainian government, is the full restoration of its 1991 borders. Uh, Just imagine if, you know, Alaska, which was also once part of Russia, was occupied by Russia. Americans wouldn't tolerate this. So why would would we expect anything different from the Ukrainians when when it comes down to their territory? And can the Ukrainians liberate their territory? They absolutely can. They have proven time and time again on the battlefield that you should not underestimate the will and desire for self-defense, defending your home, and that they can use the weapons and the equipment that we provide them very effectively. Since Russia's large-scale invasion last February, the Ukrainians, through two successful counter, three successful counteroffensives, have liberated more than half of the territory that was taken over since February of 2022. And they're on the front foot now about ready to liberate even more territory. They have the political will and the motivation. We have the equipment and the uh, munitions. We should help them get the job done. All right, Scott, uh, there's a lot to unpack there. You wrote a book that came out in March of 2022 called Rediscovering America, How the National Holidays Tell an Amazing Story About Who We Are. Uh, I I actually can't wait to read it because it's a fascinating title. Who are we? Are we a country that turns our back on a, on, a, on a nation like Ukraine that has been brutally attacked and invaded by a, uh, you know, by a tyrant like Vladimir Putin? Or do we, or, or are, who are we? What, what, how does that worldview of who we are as a country fit into the narrative that we should be helping, assisting a country like Ukraine because it's in our national interest to do so? Well, to the extent that we are, uh, you know, ha- have evolved into a, a corrupt administrative state. Uh, and, of course, Eisenhower was the first to basically cast this, uh, um, to make Americans aware that there is a military-industrial complex that does benefit from driving war. Uh, but now the military-industrial complex has been, uh, you know, it has expanded to other areas, and we have a corrupt administrative state in America. People call it the deep state or whatever. Now, we know that Ukraine 
was a center for money laundering. We know that Zelensky's gotten very wealthy. The Biden family got wealthy from Ukraine. The Biden family is utterly corrupt. If you if you if you told anyone uh, even 25 years ago that one day uh, we would have a president of the United States uh, that was that, that was largely owned uh, and compromised by foreign powers by bribery, no one people would say, "Oh, that's impossible that that could happen." After all, we've got you know we've got an intelligence community to make people aware, and, and, and we just could never get to that stage. Well, we're there now, okay? We're there now. And we have to focus on saving our country, because if we don't purge ourselves of the corruption that exists within the United States, you know, we have a two-tier justice system that is, you know, that it, it prevents the truth and justice to being served in our country. So all the ideals that we talked about, uh, you, you know, in our in recounting our history and our Pledge of Allegiance and our national anthem and all those ideals are all being undermined right now. And we're fighting a war for a corrupt country, Ukraine. We're supporting that. I just don't think those are the priorities that we should have. I think we should we should encourage peace. And by the way, Luke, Russia has had several peace proposals on the table. And and it's, you know, the, the, the ball is in Ukraine's court, Zelensky's court. They have refused to enter into any peace talks, partially perhaps because we're giving them more money. And the more we give, the more death there ensues. And the more we, you know, there's, there's destruction of property. I think, frankly, Russia, if they could propose each, in, in a negotiation of this, uh, on this kind of a conflict, you know, each side has got to give up something. And my guess is that Ukraine's going to have to give up maybe a little bit more than Russia. But uh, the alternatives do not look good. More of the podcast as we tell you a little bit about my pillow because my gosh, Mike Lindell has given us a wild offer for for a few years now. I've been telling you about the my pillow absorbent towels. These are towels that actually work. My, work. Mike got tired of towels that look good but they don't absorb the water, so he came up with the six piece towel set. And the, the regular price is ninety nine ninety eight. And typically, you get a great offer about fifty percent off with the promo code Mike G. Well, they're making room for new inventory over at my pillow and a wild. Wild price, towels that normally, a six-piece towel set, absorbent towels that are tremendous, they're smooth, they're soft, they're comfortable, and they absorb the water, normally 100 bucks. $25. That's right. The six-piece MyPillow towel set for only $25 when you enter the promo code MikeG. And here's the trick. you got to go to the Mike Gallagher Radio Special Square when you click it, click uh, when you go to MyPillow.com. When you, click to, when you click on MyPillow.com, find the Mike Gallagher Radio Specials Square. Click on that box, and then, and then you enter the promo code MikeG when you 
order the towels, when you order the MyPillow 2.0, you buy one, get one free. The smooth, soft, luxurious Giza Dream Sheets for as low as $29.98 when you enter the promo code MikeG. So you, the key is to go to the Mike Gallagher Radio Special Square. MyPillow.com, promo code MikeG. MyPillow.com, promo code MikeG. Or call 800-928-6034. 800-928-6034. Like we love to sing. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. Promo code MikeG. All right, Luke, let me get your response to two really powerful points that that Scott made. Number one, it's impossible to ignore the corruption in in Ukraine. I, I think that's a legitimate concern. Um, and, and, and number two, and perhaps, uh, you know, first and foremost, and it gets back to what the outcome should be in, in assisting Ukraine, there seems to be no end in sight. Um, and, 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 you know, how long does this go? Give, give me your reaction to, to some of the things that, that Scott said. And, and maybe you want to tackle the Biden corruption uh, aspect of this, because, frankly, nobody could say that Hunter Biden was qualified to serve on, on the board of directors of Burisma and, and, and have this, these business dealings with Ukraine. The, the, the stench of corruption seems, seems pretty uh, prominent to, to many Americans. To unpack all of that, Luke. Yeah, well, on that last point, you're not going to get me to defend Hunter Biden or uh, the corrupt aspects of the Biden family. In fact, that's probably the one issue that Scott and I agree on. Uh, I guess the difference between Scott and I on this issue of corruption and Hunter Biden is I don't see what this has to do with uh, U.S. national interest in this era of great power competition, where we have Ukrainians who want to defend themselves, and while at the same time they're dismantling the conventional armed forces of the Russian Federation, which is one of America's top geopolitical adversaries. And they're doing all of this without a single American pulling a trigger or coming under fire. Now, this idea that uh, money is going to, uh, Scott says on one hand, money is going to Zelensky and the Ukrainian government, and they're getting rich off it, but the money is actually going to the defense industrial base, and they're getting rich off of it. It really can't be both, and it's an incoherent argument. It, but it certainly can be both. Of course it can. No, 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 interruptions, no interruptions. <laughs> Let, finish your point, Luke. <laughs> the, the, vast, the vast majority, the vast majority of the U.S. aid to Ukraine never leaves the United States. It stays right here, and it, it supports U.S. defense industry, high-tech, well-paying jobs. And there's a whole other debate one could have about the role of the defense industry in U.S. politics, perhaps, that that's secondary to the issue we're talking about today. So the idea that Zelensky's gotten rich off the U.S. taxpayer is unfounded. Um, secondly, uh, this notion that America is in such dire straits that if only we had the $36 billion we provided in military aid to Ukraine, we'd solve all of our problems is equally absurd. Uh, we are a large country. Uh, the amount of military aid we've given to Ukraine equals to less than two-tenths of one percent of our GDP. Uh, and we are not fighting in this war. The Ukrainians are fighting. This is not a forever war. This is not a war the U.S. should ever put a single soldier, sailor, airman, or Marine onto the battlefield. 
But for as long as the Ukrainians are willing to fight, we should help them do so by providing them the assistance that they need. All right, Scott, your turn. Well, I have I have two observations. One is there's a cavalier attitude about money and a cavalier attitude about lives. Uh, money, America is technically bankrupt. You know, our GDP is somewhere around, uh, you know, 20, 25 trillion dollars. Uh, our debt now is $32 trillion. We have the highest level of the, the debt-to-GDP ratio is higher than it's ever been, but it also is at a point where other countries that had this kind of ratio, like Greece, get into serious trouble. We also know that we have adversaries that want to knock the American dollar off its pedestal of being the reserve currency of the world. Now, should that happen, and it's already been happening, we could have an economic crisis. We've got to prioritize what's important. We can't be the policemen of the world, particularly when we're in, you know, we are stretched very thin economically. uh, And when we say this war won't last forever. Didn't, didn't we hear that about the Vietnam War? Didn't we hear that about the Afghan engagement? Uh, we, wars have a tendency to go on and on. And, you know, it's, it's one thing for think tank people and Washington, D.C. policymakers to be, uh, you know, to be supporting this. But there are lives being lost. And we bring an end to this war. And I believe that an end can be negotiated with the right kind of leadership. Donald Trump has said, I could bring an end to that war uh, in short order. Now, I don't know exactly how he would negotiate that, but we have to to recognize that Trump was a very effective president in foreign policy, uh, in in the foreign, foreign policy realm. And he brokered a lot of good deals, and he's a tough guy. Uh, so I'm not saying that I, I just, I just think we, we need to get our priorities right. When you have your priorities right in life, things are, are more likely to work out favorably. When your priorities are wrong, things are more likely to devolve and work out poorly and even disastrously. Our priorities are not right here. All right, Luke Coffey, in the spirit of no interruptions, because uh, I'm sure you probably have a hunch that I, I tend to side more with Scott's position than yours. Let's let you have the last word, uninterrupted, make the case to the American people why we need to continue to support Ukraine in its battle with, with Russia. We are saving lives in Ukraine every single day, every single night, every time there's a, a Russian airstrike against a civilian target in Ukraine and it's intercepted by a U.S. provided air defense missile, that is saving lives. We're saving lives by equipping the Ukrainian army with some of the best equipment so they can be as effective as possible on the battlefield, which will save the lives of Ukrainian civilians and save the lives of the Ukrainian soldiers defending them. Defense spending, as with all public spending, is about establishing national priorities. And I agree we have to do something about our spiraling out-of-control national debt. 
However, I don't think that the $36 billion in military aid, which, as I said, equates to less than two-tenths of 1% of our GDP, is our problem. There's plenty of other places where we should be cutting and looking at spending. And my final point is that if we want a healthy U.S. economy, we need to have a safe and prosperous transatlantic community. North America and Europe together accounts for 44% of global GDP. We're each other's number one source of foreign investment. We're each responsible for the creation of millions of jobs on either side of the Atlantic. And we're each other's number one export partner. In fact, 45 out of 50 American states export more to Europe than they do to China. And when an American is exporting a product or a service to Europe, that means an American job. And right now, Vladimir Putin is trying to undermine that stability and security in Europe that has led to the economic prosperity that has benefited the American worker. And we can help Ukraine keep this stability, and we can help Ukraine uh, in its quest for self-defense for a very small amount. And I think instinctively, most Americans uh, want to do this and continue to support Ukraine in their quest for self-defense. All right, Luke Coffey, senior fellow at Hudson Institute. Follow him on Twitter at Luke D. Coffey. It's, uh, Coffey is C-O-F-F-E-Y. I hope everybody gets Scott's book because I'm, in, I'm intrigued by Rediscovering America, how the, the holidays tell an amazing story about who we are. You can go to rediscoveringamerica.net or get it at Amazon. Uh, Scott Powell, Luke Coffey, thank you both for joining us here on the Mike Gallagher Show No Interruptions podcast. We appreciate you very much. Thank you.